G'day, folks. It is the AOS coach here, and all of you sea dwellers, I'm glad that the wave have brought you here. That was pretty good. That's completely off the cuff. It <laughs> is Idleth Deepkin. Usually, I try to make something off the cuff, I completely butcher it. But we are here talking Idleth Deepkin. You got a new battle tome. I've waited for the FAQs to drop, and yep. I have the first wave of guests. First being the former Midwest Master, uh, competitor in the Great Plains Masters as well. You may have seen him talk about um, Iden the Dipkin on Warhammer Weekly. It is Paul Wright, and he has gone into such depth that he's got the fish tank behind him, and yeah. I absolutely love it. I swear it's not the only reason you're invited. I swear. Well, you know, it's. I figured if I get a chance, I got to throw him in there. It's called method acting, right? Like you're getting yep. into the theme and you yep. how, how better can you talk about it than having some thralls and some reavers in your fish tank? Yep. <laughs> so if anyone who doesn't know who you are, Paul, you're obviously, you know, very, very, very active on my Discord talking about IDK all the time. Yep. Um, who are you and what's your, what's your reputation with IDK? Well, um, so I live in uh, Oklahoma in the USA, and uh, I've been playing with the team Flying Monkeys, and um, I started off, uh, played some uh, Stormcasts for my first year, and then I bought my daughter a, a box of IDK, and then I ended up basically taking over that army because I, I really liked the theme, and I liked the hit fast, move fast kind of stuff. Uh, I have some flesh eaters. I've tried a few other armies, but I keep coming back to IDK. It's really my favorite army and the one that I get, get the most excited about. So uh, I got to play a lot in, uh, sec in second edition, uh, mostly IDK. Got to play some tournaments. And uh, uh, so it's been, it's been pretty cool. And now in third edition, I'm glad. It seems like we got a pretty good book where we're still we're still competitive still have some builds and getting to do a lot i like to do a lot of uh, list building and math hammer and that kind of stuff and so it's it's given me some opportunities uh for that too um, it's a great faction i've almost pulled my trigger twice on them first was when i came out of aquaman like yeah. as i was watching aquaman one i'm like on the gw website like pulling up turtles and sharks and all yeah. these things and I'm like i looked at the price of it no, no, no. <laughs> I love the idea, not just today. Then the second time is one of my mates was selling a bunch of Alapexes the other day, and I just watched a whole bunch of the old 90s cartoon Street Sharks. I'm mm -hmm. like, man, I could paint four Street Shark Alapexes right now. And I almost <laughs> pulled the trigger and I didn't. But yeah. it's one of these factions that I think that I will eventually play because it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, it's such a really right. nice army. And you see people paint all of the colors and nothing looks weird and i love playing with resin so you know using water effects and using mm -hmm. resin and there's just so much creativity that you can use with this book yeah this i got army. to i got to paint some of mine like my uh like i painted uh some eels like uh my clownfish with that pattern and that kind of stuff so i got to do that stuff was some interesting things so. I, I did actually lie. There's actually a third time that I wanted to do it, and I wanted to do a bunch of turtles with some bandanas, uh -huh. but then they jacked up the points to 500. I'm like, I can't run four Ninja Turtle turtles at 500. I, I need a leader turtle. But... Yeah, yeah, they got to tick, tick one and make it into a leader <laughs> so we can go back so, to four. Outside of my idiotic 90s cartoon obsessions of Street Sharks and Ninja Turtles and, yeah. and maybe a, a Master Splinter Vermin Lord, what keeps drawing you into IDK? 
Like, why is this the faction? You said you talked about you you have Felicia Courts, you have Stormcast. Mm-hmm. Why is this the faction that keeps drawing you in? For someone who might be watching this, thinking about picking up that latest battle box, who's thinking about jumping in and and playing IDK. Um, it's just it's been really interesting. I enjoy the speed of the army um, between the run and charge and just uh, a lot of the mounted stuff being, you know, 10, 12, 14 inch move. It really gives me the way I like to play is I like to kind of play ideally as a scalpel to, you know, kill something that's worth more than what I'm losing in the in the trade. And it gives you a lot of that opportunities, I think. Um, it also helps to just uh, knowing that you have a strike first at some point in the game, you can try to plan around it. And it just kind of suits my uh, personality more than just like playing something that's just like going to stand there and and take a bunch of hits and just uh, eat it all and, and not really dish much out. I like to be able to remove that thing that's annoying me. <laughs> Yeah, which is normally like my my focus is always removing that bloody Achillean king because he's <laughs> always as the as the opposition and like I've got to kill the Achillean king. I've got to kill everything that's going to do damage in that turn three. Yep. And it's I love the predictability, but I also hate the predictability because as an opponent, it's that race behind the clock. It's the race on the clock to go how much damage can I deal before you go strike first on everything. But mm-hmm. I know that you are going to be doing that, so it's like, it's basically like there's no tricks. Right. It's, you are gonna you you know you want to do it. I right. know you want to do it. So <laughs> right. who can do it better and who can stop each other? Right. Um, and by the way, I've forgotten, you know, Phil's reminded me, you've also got Krabnos. Uh gosh, <laughs> I love that crab. It's the stupidest model in the world. But I love more of those like monkey fighting with knives and, and animals, mm-hmm. and I love Krabnos. But this, this is my uh, oh here's my uh my proxy, my flaming crab. Uh, it's on a screaming bell, but that's my, that's what I use my crab for is to make it into a flaming head. That's amazing. What changed in this book? Because, um, IDK obviously was one of the oldest books that we've had, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was a first edition book that completely skipped second edition. Um, there was uh, obviously you could play in second edition. There was just no updates, right? And it held really well. The book actually held up really well. And IDK were always in that top meta of some description but from what i i remember and what you know what i really experienced is very one-dimensional right idk has always been very one-dimensional you played well with offensive eels then you went the defensive eels then you kind of buffed up a couple of sharks it's had these waves here and there but it's mostly mm-hmm. been around eels yeah i really is think the, is, that go ahead no, I was just going to ask, is the eel meta still around? Is it still dominant? And what have you noticed between jumping from the first book to this updated book? Um, I th- I think it's still playable, but it's very you won't see it very often because the biggest change was everything going up 20%, right? Everything went up 20% points uh, with 3.0, and it just went up 20% again. And they kept, like the Ishlian Guard, they went up way in price and got a little bit worse, which they're two up ignoring Rend. Whenever that hap- that combo happens, that's pretty bad feels anyway. I understand that. But uh, so I think that there's obviously there's a lot more uh, either Thrall face base builds where you're trying to do damage or where you're trying to use Thralls and Reavers and heal those back in, or you're playing, uh, playing Sharks and 
and uh, Turtle. Um, so I think they really they kept the core of the rules the s similar. They did they were kind of soft touch those, and I think we were a lot of people were thinking like, oh, well, they're not going to get the tides of death. But I think even with the keeping the tides of death, we're still we're still good, but there's still stuff that can take care of us. And so you have to play it with more. It hurts more every unit you lose in the in the new book. I feel like uh, you you lose a couple units and half your army's dead, and and you just can't uh, compete with the summoning and attrition meta for some of the other stuff. So that's kind of you got to really pick your pick your fights and make the best of them while scoring your battle tactics. Do you think? Do you think part of it though? And this is a th this is a thought, right? Because we are, if you're listening to this live, we are on the cusp of a updated general's handbook. So we'll see potentially mm -hmm. new battle pack, new battle plans. Uh, Games Workshops already said that we are going into a battle line focus. Now, right. does that mean hordes? Does that mean just battle line status and you score more things and your battle tactics are focused around battle line kind of status? Mm -hmm. But do you think that part of the problem with your, your your defensive eels has to do with just the sheer amount of high mortal wounds going around in the game? Because, you know, when we started off this edition or this third edition, General's Handbook 2021, we had a lot of high save, two-up armor saves, ward saves. So people were just trying to cut through it because Ren 1, Ren 2 wasn't doing enough with just mortal wounds. Do you think that because, you know, your eels just don't have that many wounds that at this currently right now because of the amount of mortal wounds is what's not making them viable or is there something more that's happened? Um, I think it's a mixture that um, with the save stacking meta, even cutting through stuff, you know, before if you send in three more Sargard, you can go kill 12 wounds or something. But now, oh, it's the finest hour. It's all out defense. It's mystic shielded. Oh, you got neg two rend. You still don't, you, you do four damage and then they kill you back and they hit back that kind of stuff. So I think you've got a, it, this book really wants you to uh, use your strike first, use, you know, overwhelming power when you can, you know, um, and get to it that way. I think that, the eels just keep kind of creeping up in points. And um, that's why I think they're, they're trying to get people to pull out the thralls. A lot of the rules are now, hey, you can do it, you know, with this hero helps thralls and reavers, this hero helps thralls and reavers. And they also took away a lot of the buffs for mounts. So like a lot of my buffs in 2.0 was, hey, I'm reroll ones to hit, but now it's reroll ones to hit except for mounts. So whenever, you know, two thirds of my attacks are, bites and tails which i'm glad they streamlined it down to one thing in some cases but uh with the turtles and the king and the eels with the, not getting all those buffs on your mount as well it made it to where it's less efficient uh units damage efficiency yeah yeah agreed i think that that and I, you know what i'm going to ask you the question instead of say it myself what has glowed up so if i was looking at if i was an idoneth player Mm -hmm. you know, last year or last book and i'm now picking up the book for the first time what has glowed up what has become good that wasn't very good you know there was a bunch of jokes you know you mentioned reavers for a second mm -hmm. um old old mate lotan there's so many things that never saw play in the last book mm -hmm. what is going to see play what do you like now um i feel like the 
number one pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah, Buck, I have. <laughs> the number we'll one talk pick in the we'll draft. We'll talk about Turtles in a minute too because yeah. I, I want to talk about Turtles because that got jacked up in points. But yeah. talk to me about uh, yeah, talk to me about things. All right, so have, my number one uh, pick in the good. draft is the regular Killian King. He is in every list that I play. His striking first with D3 units is so valuable. Uh, even though you can only do it once a game, that's fine. Um, you can pick your pick your battles really there. And then if you com combo his, uh, what I call the murder king, where you give him extra attacks for every unit that's with him, and then you turn on the strike first. I mean, plus six or plus 10 attacks is not... It's been, I've seen that in about half of my games, you know what I mean? <laughs> On his polearm and his falchion. And uh, I've been playing him some with flaming weapons. So then I turn on four damage each, you know, two damage goes to three on the charge, goes to four with flaming weapon, three, three rend. And, you know, if he's doing, you know, 11 attacks, that's a lot of, that's a lot of potential output. And so I think he's my number one. Um, I've been really... I don't think it's in every list, but the Eidolon of the Sea, Wizard Eidolon, has got a big glow up to where just his spell alone, where he can reduce the save characteristic by D3, or either for D3 units or one unit for D3, that causes people to play way differently because they have their big their big hero or Archeon or <laughs> or whatever, and they don't want to get in too close to him, and then you can put Steatides in him and he can teleport around too and help you to take down something that's tanky, get through that safe sacking. Um, I, like we said, thralls, they're finally got their two inch range. The, the dream has happened. You know what I mean? They, uh, they hit a lot harder. They, they still can die. You know, if they get hit punched first, uh, you know, I had a bunch of chain rasps, get like 15 thralls out of my 20 block. And I, I was a little sad, but, uh, that's the way it goes. Um, sharks are, sharks are better. Uh, I think being eight wounds, it gives them the cover bonus, lets them work with the turtle. Um, but they're they're fast like it yields, and they have shoot. I like to play it with shooting rather than net. Maybe one net if I'm playing a lot. But they got, I think, a glow up. Did they go um, to ten wounds? They went to ten, and then they went back to eight after. At, oh, at they're 3. back to eight. Yeah. So the points stayed the same, and then they went back to eight wounds. But it lets you get cover bonus. It lets you get the plus one turtle save. So it combos, but it's kind of a, a mixed bag, you know. Um, what about your archers? What about your uh, your, um, your reavers? The reavers they, are quite the... the reavers are quite good now with threes and threes instead of you know instead of fours and fours and neg one rend instead of no rend, uh, eighteen inch range instead of eighteen and then triple shots. So they get two shots all the time now and plus one to hit if they're within nine. Those have been something that people have been very scared of. I know that they've got a reputation now where I see everyone just playing like measuring out for those reavers you know okay how far can it go eight and then it could shoot 18 and so that's pretty hard to stay away from so in the kind of in between frankenstein i played one tournament where i got to have the best of both worlds where i had uh you know 100 reavers or, or what was it a lot of reavers it was like 50 reavers and they were they were they were shooting on twos rolling ones and twos and they just like killed everything turn one because they had all the buffs and all the bonus. They're not killed everything. We killed half their army turn one. Um, so that was pretty broken. But I think even new reavers are, you really want to take at least a couple. Um, I like to put them in the boat sometimes 
So then they get the cover bonus. And if anyone charges the boat, they get to unleash hell. And the best thing about them and unleash hell is now that you're within nine inches. So I'm getting my plus one to hit, which counteracts your minus one to hit for unleash hell. So I think they're a solid, solid piece in the book. Uh, like you said, Lotan, I did never buy him. I like the model and I finally bought him because I like, you know, he does, he does work. You know, you need a foot hero in every list really i think because you have to turn on that tides of death table you got to turn on the right rituals i mean so against a shooting army that ritual turn one where they can only shoot you from 12 inches is you know worth 200 points some games because it would keeps you from losing your main stuff um or being able to turn on the you know the other rituals for the plus one to run and charge turn two or five up board turn three for your ground troops so um those are the main basically ones, what I i'm hearing is that there's a lot of good things that have happened and there's mm -hmm. a lot of units that weren't very popular in the last book mm -hmm. that had some improvements in you know right you're right like the the, the nomadi keyword both the thralls and the reavers whether it was the um the streamlining of the profile and i think the reaver profile has gotten better yes i know mm -hmm. some people aren't happy that you'd lost the three shots and there were some shenanigans there that you could do with curse and just do an industrial amount of, of, of damage mm -hmm. but then your thralls got your two inch range you, you said low tan's got some good uh, yeah low tan's got some good abilities i'm so happy to see the idol on both the offensive and deep or well, the magic uh the magic one as well so you got storm and sea mm -hmm. both of them now are viable there's some good artifact options in there some good spell choice options what about some of the things that maybe aren't as good i mean turtles went to 500. um yeah so a real, real quick a, a real job. quick uh correction for george in the chat the you can't get neg four rend on the reavers it only works in melee so the plus D3, minus D3 to save only works against melee units. So that would be even crazier if you could shoot them off after that. But <laughs> um, all right. So uh, yeah, turtle. I, I love the turtles. I got two turtles. I was playing double turtle most of the last year. Um, and they did so much work. They were underpointed, um, scary unit with a great save, you know, good hammer and anvil and buffer piece. I mean, but at 500 points, it was kind of like, ooh, it hurts, you know. But I, I didn't play it in these first few lists, the first tournament. But uh, I, I'm i making lists now with getting a turtle back in there. I think his plus one save buff is worth it. His plus one to hit for the ground troops is is good. And he's still something people got to worry about because he can go in there and, and wreck some wreck house. And, and he's got better shooting. I mean, that's what I think the whole army glue up on was – or glowed up on, I don't know the word, but <laughs> on shooting, you know, Reavers got better at shooting. Turtles got better at shooting sharks. Um, even the Eidolons, you know, I hadn't played the C before, but, you know, his a little bit of shooting. And uh, I feel like uh, it really makes it to where people have to see, if they don't see Deepkin as a shooting threat, then they're they're missing out on some of the, the strengths of the army to be able to shoot off some stuff and then charge in and, and fight off the other stuff or shoot off a screen and charge past it or something uh let's see the other unit okay so turtle he went up in points 500 points for you know from 340 or 3, 380 i think he was yeah it went uh, up about 120 points 100 it was either 360 or 380 yeah he, he was 380 yeah it was like 340 to begin with and then went to 380 and now to 500 and so he's still 
he got worse. He got a little bit worse, I think. Because on the charge, instead of doing D6 to everything within an inch that's a one wound character and D3 to the stuff that's more than one wound characteristic, now he gets to use his monstrous and do D6 if it's a one wound. So like mm. it's like half the or a third of the damage on the charge. But he does have better shooting. Um, so, but it's still a lot of points, but yeah, I mean, 16 wounds, it's got a two up armor save until it's taken half of its wounds characteristic. Yeah, and most of the, most of the game, it's sitting on that two up save until it dies. <laughs> it's a tough nut to crack. It's not an easy nut to crack, but it also I'm gained hearing... the totem keyword, which has been really good. I like that because, uh, so... that was one of the problems I had before was keeping a hero close enough to it to be able to, you know, give it its buff in. So what went down in quality? Um, um, <laughs> did, right. did anything become less popular? Like I thought Turtle might be, because when this book first dropped, people were mm. like, oh, 500 points, too much. Um, and the Turtle got dropped. Right. And maybe it, like, you know, Incomplete Sphere had said, you know, I keep coming back to the Turtle. So maybe people dropped it thinking 500 points are going to get me that Eidolon back into my list. A lot of people weren't running Eidolons. Mm -hmm. They kind of went, oh, I'm still missing some things with that yeah. monster. The, the the save bubble all of the good things that the turtle does mm -hmm. but is there anything that maybe people used to run whether it's the named Archelian king whether it is yeah, I, don't know, I think is... i think voltied isn't going to get nearly as much play he's still good but for the points it's 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 tough uh you you are you almost i almost auto take the regular king and so do i need a, a volti as well um turtles won't get as much um more Sargard, you'll see a lot less of them. You might have a three-pack or a six-pack just to be that that lightning hammer. But with the Sharks being similarly competitive, but having that additional shooting threat, so you can you can hold back if you need to and just shoot at people. And then whenever they get in range or whenever you get your run and charge, you go in and, and hit there. Um, I think uh, the Soul Scryer is playable. If you really lean into, uh, or, or sorry, the Soul Scryer, he got a lot worse. Sorry, that's the one that I think took the biggest. Because before he gave you the, the the stinky finger, the plus three to charge, um, and he would go in there and he made your army so, gave your threat range so much stronger than it was before. And he gave you the deep strike, but now he just gives you the deep strike and no plus to charge. Um, I think you really need a, a uh, foot hero, but I'm not taking him in any of my lists. Uh, he does he does let you deploy within nine of him, and so you don't have to be six of the board edge with your unit that he brings with him. So there are some plays where you can get on an objective, but I tend to take either uh, Tidecaster so I can have two rituals or Lotan so I can have one and the plus one to wound for everything. Most of this stuff is restricted to plus one to hit or wound just for the melee weapons and not for the mount traits, but uh, he gets you both. Anything else that you think is maybe maybe is going going to retirement for the the near distant future? And again, obviously, we're on the cusp of a, a new version of the game. Right, right? stuff so, stuff can change at any time, and a yeah. few point twenty points up or down, it changes your whole list, you know, or what you want to take. But I think that's the main main things that changed because we don't really have that deep of a book um we're pretty shallow of a book with only you know i don't know 20, 15 war scrolls when you count the double double models you know 
One thing I do want to ask you about is your quote unquote new unit, mm-hmm. your uh, bloodthirsty shiver. Yeah, the pack of three sharks, which is obviously uh, not obviously, but only available if you're Futhan. Um, do you like Futhan? And I'll get to Legion's abilities, and, and we'll we'll get into some of the other stuff because I want to get Paul's thoughts on, you know, the the uh, tides of death and the new mm-hmm. Ishran rituals because that could a big glow up too. I think. But yeah. What are your thoughts on the pack of three sharks? Would you run the Futhan army for it? Would you drop the 500-odd points to run three Sharks as your three battle line options and to get the boosts? Um, I really think it's kind of a trap. It's uh, <laughs> it's the the Shiver, if you want to run them as battle lines so that you have all mounted stuff or so that you can run 10 Sharks and a Hero or something like that, go for it. But I think that the extra... Exploding sixes for one model out of the three, oh, you know, is just it's not very much. Like other it's 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 like one or two damage a turn, maybe. And they think there's just better sub allegiances unless you just really need them as your battle line, unless you need to turn them into battle line. I think the shivers I'm not as impressed with the shivers. I thought it might be a points discount. When I looked at it, I'm like, oh, maybe it Yeah, if there was a points like discount, because I bring I like to I've I've been toying with three sharks or six sharks and different different ways to do it but yeah without the discount it's kind of and that they're three individuals so they can't even be you can't have the alpha shark if you roll it run in a two pack you can have an alpha shark that's plus one to hit on his hand weapons which is just a small bonus because his hand weapons aren't what do the damage but you lose that because they have to be three individuals um so it's kind of a kind of a wash there i think well, let's talk about the allegiance abilities, right? So you've got your six sub-factions. I'll get to that in a minute because I've got the, the sub-faction rules on a different slide. Mm-hmm. But the three big things, if I'm a deep kin play, is going to be my Forgotten Nightmares. That didn't change. You still um, have to fight a – or you have to target a uh, IMF deep kin unit that's eligible, that's closest to it. So right. you can't – like you know, great right now for like your long strikes, your bow snakes, all the things that want to reach out and, and touch the thing that's being protected. That still is there for the Forgotten Nightmare rules. Right, and, we still, your- and we still get the – allies get to work as that that screen as well so my aether wings are still in play i know they went up in points as well but to use them as you have to shoot at this aether wing instead of my more expensive unit or whatever it's a good use of finding like a cheap quick ally as you mm-hmm. mentioned you know um aether. i haven't seen aether wings for a while people i remember deep kim well, they went from to 40 use. to 65 so like talk about a percentage point increase it's pretty pretty rough yeah, they did go up in points. Like there was a time where Aether Wings were everywhere. Uh, and like people would be like gone buying sales, like, oh, I want to I want to buy your Aether Wings like you and everyone else in the world. Like, yep. but now long strikes are popular, so maybe you know Aether Wings are cheap. But you got two other key things, right? You got your tides of death, you got your Ishline rituals. The mm-hmm. tides of death didn't really change from memory. It's all nope. the same, right? It, yep. The only thing though is that there used to be the character that could flip the tides if it was a general. Yeah, the tide caster could flip the tides. Now you can flip the tides with using a command ability, um, but you can't combo the... My I played a whole bunch of re- reverse tide fluthan where I'd flip the tides, turn one, I'd be run and charge, and I could just alpha strike like nothing, like, you know, no one's business. And I'd be reroll once to hit, uh, but that combo has kind of gone away. You can still flip them, and you can still fight first turn two, um, but your turn one is a retreat and charge, so it's not really 
as useful unless you're going to get alpha strike and i think there are lists with them but it's not going to be used as much and the tidecaster lost that ability altogether he's just a single cast wizard that turns on two rituals but so would you take your general as that with that particular command trait to be able to flip the tides or do you think the current wave of tides you know just your standard turn one turn two what is currently in the book is enough right now yeah i'm toying with lists but right now i'm i haven't gone there i feel like i feel like the king's uh command trait is so vital to killing off something that's worth more than he is uh the uh unstoppable fury where you get plus two attacks for every unit next to you i just i have a hard time finding anything that outperforms that uh but i, I think i will test play with some uh flip tides eventually but it's hard to give that away and i think that was probably what when i was looking at the book and i was trying to understand uh, you know i'm not a deep kim player so i can only do math hammering type things but when I was looking at it, I just felt that, you know, I love the ability to flip the tides, obviously, but the sacrifice to do it now versus the cool command traits that are with your uh, Ishlan heroes, your uh, Eidolon generals, as well as the the Achillean one, like whether it's mm -hmm. yeah, Achillean is a, the king or even uh, is a general or even uh, your Eidolon. There's a couple of good options where I thought, it, it's, it's not my yeah. high priority. Yeah, the... Uh... The other thing is, I feel like now that I've been playing more non-flip tides this year, I can see where it puts people in that squeeze. Like they're trying to wait till turn four to fight, but your game's mostly over by turn four. You know what I mean? So if you can get them to back up and try to hold off, and you can outscore them in turn one, two, and three, uh, then they have a hard time catching up in four and five. So I feel like that might be uh, flipping the tides. You kind of give them a chance to just hide in the corner for two turns and still come back and and uh, outscore you. So it depends. I think it also depends on what you're running. If I'm running uh, eels and sharks that can make the distance turn one, turn two, you know, get get across the board, then I would be more likely to flip tides than with like thralls and reavers and uh, some of the slower stuff. The six inch but kind of what you're inch but what you're saying right now is that eels probably you're probably not going heavy eels like you used to because right. again there's more diversity in the builds things have gotten glow ups mm -hmm. and the requirement to just go like 21 or 15 eels like you used to mm -hmm. and you can't take it i mean yeah you can't it feels like you can't take as many and when you know a few of them die you're in bad trouble so what about the rituals I mean, the rituals, the rituals are, are so good. much better. Like the old mm. rituals, we had the cheeky, uh, like you had happened a few a couple of times, you were saying, uh, you can't fly this turn ritual, but you had to roll two dice. It was maybe like a 20 or 30%. You can make it a little bit higher percent if you're next to a boat, if you're next to another uh, foot hero, but it was really either heal D3 to the Eidolon and he gets to reroll hits, which he already was hitting on like twos or threes, uh, or, but the real, and you don't get cover, which usually there's not a lot of stuff that's playing hard into cover. Um, and then, then that you can't fly. I loved, I love doing that against, uh, you know, a night haunt or, uh, you know, 
some some flying army that just they they trapped themselves behind they trapped their their terror guys behind their front line it's like oh yeah that guy can't fly that was the worst trouble. because of the big bases <laughs> like you know a lot of your monsters that fly are the flyers and like, yeah. trying to navigate through terrain when you're not flying is an absolute pain in the ass but i think they, we got them way better here for two yeah. reasons one they're they're better abilities and two you have no way to stop me from turning it on I don't have mm. to roll a dice. I just decide, hey, I'm playing against long strikes. So turn one, you can shoot 12 inch with those long strikes because I'm turning on that ritual. Or the second one, I want plus one to run and charge. I use that one a lot. Um, I'd feel like the extra mobility without having the soul scryer in there to point to stuff and give you plus three, that almost gives you the same amount of movement. And then uh, the one that I do, if I'm playing in a Marty heavy, I'll go and have in the five aboard say for for turn turn three but i usually run, run with the first one or two the tidecaster him giving you to be able to turn on two of them it's so nice and i don't even have to tell you until i get command points for turn one so it's way later decision like they i already know who's going first if i'm going first and i'm not worried about their shooting because i'm going to go kill it I'll just not even turn on that ritual and it'll go with something else. That's something that I think they're doing more and more of to where it's later in the game. You decide on that kind of stuff with the new books. I feel like. Yeah. And, and having the flexibility of going to the table to go, right. I'm up against X type of army. I'm going to need probably this type of thing, you know, having some flexibility compared to having it documented on your list and you're kind of fixed to something. Right. Do you, do you see things like spiteful riptide, which is uh, the, the four up D three mortal wounds uh, when you retreat under ebb tide, is that something that you would use, or no. is there any situations I mean, where, I'll, the, like, I'm the struggling? Old, like, the only place I would use it is like if I had an iron rack and I, I happened to be able to turn on that, and I got, you know, the king got surrounded, but he survived by, and you could do it. But I think that one's not. I don't see myself ever turning that one on. Um, it just one most of my games are decided 90 percent by turn three and two d3 on a four up when you retreat okay it, it helps a little bit but it's i feel like it's usually too late in the game it seems like a battle tactic where it's super situational in this particular moment i'm going to drop mm -hmm. this that would i choose that over uh, yeah it, like, before the, and to start of turn one am i deciding oh well i know turn four i'm gonna be retreating and charging with all no uh, and on 50 50 <laughs> chance like yeah right. i happen to find that situation on a four up so but i feel I'm, like yeah, right, like, kind of a waste but it's all right creeping we got, we got three good ones so you're one one great one and then two good ones i feel like uh, creeping mist is just so good against the shooting we already have anti-shooting tech i think we're the best anti-shooting army in the in the game yeah, absolutely. And, you know, having surging stream that allows you to really guarantee yourself the the charge, right? A three-inch charging, the plus one to run and charge rolls immediately um, is just powerful. And, yeah, the five-up ward is, is great as well. But um, I think, yeah, overall, majority of your rules didn't change mostly. ID, IDK mm -hmm. still feels like IDK. It's not like Nurgle who got a fundamental restructure. Right. Um, a lot of good things in there, and I think you're right. The Ishran rituals only improved. I when I saw it and I compared it to the old ones, I'm like, yeah, you lost the fly one, but everything else, this is great. Right. And we have the just having the ability to turn it on. Decide, don't roll a dice. Obviously, anytime you can not have to roll a dice and it's 
your, your you can build the game that you want it to be you know so 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 given that you don't have to roll a, a dice now how does that change the way that you play or think about your list using Ishran rituals? Um, the main thing is I'm a lot less worried about shooting armies um, because bow snakes and long strikes and sentinels, I've got, a, I've got a counter for them. So I don't really have to, like used to, I would bring one or two aether wings in every list just to give me that thing but now i can work around it i feel like uh don't have to worry so much about turn one shooting and then i think the stream of surging tide to add one to run and charge is basically takes over for what the uh takes over for what the soul scryer used to do on the plus three to charge it's not quite as good but it works for my whole army and i don't have to just do it against one unit so I think it just frees you up. It gives you a little freedom to to do some more lists where you're not as worried about certain things. I imagine Creeping Mist is very powerful as well because um, if you can do a low drop army, so you go battle regiment or, you know, you, you just right, do one or two drop minimum. You go first you can, and good luck, you know. <laughs> correct. You can give away first turn because, you know, if I'm if I'm another faction, I'm worried about those 30-inch or 24-inch, you know, double shooting potentially if I'm talking long strikes or I'm talking about bow snakes. You know, if they're, if they're in range, they're going to come in and shoot me twice or, you know, they give away first turn, I advance up the board and then they go you for the double. double turned, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might, you might get shot three times between turn one, turn two, and then the hero phase shooting. But for you, if you just, you know, even if you happen to go first, you can advance up the board. And as long as you're outside of 12 um, right, and you right. plan that you correctly. You can play your, th play your threat ranges where, okay, they can only move this far and, you know. Correct. That, uh, that's the unpacking of what Paul mentioned a little bit earlier about you're really good at shooting. I think that's the key, right? And there is a lot of shooting right now. And it's very high damage, low volume. Um, for most, it's not like the old the old meta of like Iron Drakes and you know like the thirty or sixty shots it used to get from a whole mm. bunch of different other armies. It is very mortal wound focused. But one thing I wanted to talk about was the sub factions. Yeah, we will talk at your lists as well coming up. That's not mm -hmm. too far away. But when you are constructing now, are all six of them good? Are there sums that right now work really well in the meta and maybe when we go into Battle Line General's Handbook 2022, things may change? Um, what, your Levidons become Battle Line under... Not all. Are. Not all. Yeah, not yet. Yep. Uh, you've got the Sharks of Futhan and that's it. That's all your unlocking of Battle Line other than your Reavers and Thralls, which are always Battle yep. Line. I feel like that there's four that are that are you'll see um the one i played these first for a couple of months was domain and we'll talk more about that but just that threat of getting to fight twice with thr these thralls these lawnmowers as i call them they can go in and do a lot of work and get into charge again uh, and even the triple redeploy i've seen that whenever you do a thrall and reaver heavy list there can be it's not as good as a maw crushers where you get to triple everything but you at least get to triple redeploy and they they made it the good version um nautilar is is kicking butt uh, out there um and i'm gonna be trying some nautilar too because turning that turtle giving him neg three rend anytime you know every combat phase 
that you want to. Um, and there's nothing they can do to shut it down for the, the bites and the, the tails. With the save stacking meta, I think that's becoming a lot more, a lot more powerful. Um, and the battle line, uh, uh, I was talking with uh, some of the people at the tournament this last weekend and um, brainstorming, and they were kind of telling me how it works. And I mean, I can put that, I can put that turtle in hunters once he becomes battle line, and now. He loses his Batimuth keyword because he becomes a battle line. And now he can't be roared. He can't be stomped. He can't be, or no, I guess he can be, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't Titanic duel or you roar him because he's in Hunters. No, he's not a hero. Yeah. But, but to be fair, like who knows if Hunters is even still exist again in the right. new book, right? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't start buying out turtles to try no, and stop. No, I don't think them. just for that, but like that was just something that was like an interesting combination that, uh, and with his neg three rend, the other good thing about it is that since he can't be roared, you can give him. And this is in two, this is in a current version, but you can give him the uh, what's it called, uh, ferocious roar or whatever monstrous roar thing, where he fights as his top bracket for that combat uh, yeah. phase. So now, even if they've got him in his bottom bracket, if he's in hunters, he can't be roared. So I can spend the command point on him. And now he's on to up save again, and he's got all his damage profile. So uh, that's a monstrous, I don't know, something to roar. <laughs> I always get yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always get a metamorphosis, but that's the spell that turns him into right, a monster. Into monster. The, 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 and the turtle doesn't degrade that much, but really why you'd want to be turning it into mm -hmm. um, the, the top bracket is for the fact that your fins are damage four. And obviously right. the, the Ren 3, um, Neg Ren 3. You do a lot um, of work. Yeah, it can do a lot of work. Would you run multiple turtles under, is it Nocular, Nautilar? Nautilar. I've got some two turtle lists that I've been toying around with. I, I'm concerned it might be too focused of something with a mortal, against when I play against a mortal wound army, they might just be able to just auto beat me. But I, I'm going to toy with it. I might try it out. Uh, but I think one is quite strong, and I like to run it with the reverberating carapace so that that plus one save and the plus one to hit for the ground troops is a fifth, is, a, is a bigger bigger bubble. Um, so that that can I think I'm going to try some of that. Um, Iron rack. I think that there's some play in Iron rack, especially if you want to go uh, eel or shark heavy lists. Getting that once per turn. The threat of being able to turn on run and charge with either the king or your Morsar guard or your sharks, if if people aren't playing threat ranges of 14 inches, you know, 20 inches plus a charge, so you know, are they going to keep 32 inches away from you? No. So you kind of can pick your battles and go kill, murder off that that uh, thing you need to assassinate. Uh, I feel like that that's that's what the Iron Rat gives you. It's a once per game. Um, but or it can give you the retreat and charge, which if you get something stuck in, you can uh, once per game uh, get your retreat and charge. So I think that that one has some play. I haven't really made very many lists with it, but I've tried tried a little bit I, on it. I like the idea of like a reinforced Alapex unit being able to do that because mm -hmm. and, and one of the cool things that I liked about the Alapexes is they now have coherency of is it three, the three inch coherency. Yeah, it's you can do some crazy things with uh, formations. Uh, eggs <laughs> and uh you can just really it's it's uh you can either screen with them which i've done that like i'll put two of them up there as a long you know it's like a 12 inch screen 
and then with even three inches from either side of that. So if you're trying to keep my thralls safe, I've done that before. Or just being able to like hop one over their line, even if the other one can't reach. And hey, I'm still within three, so I can fight from the front and the back of a unit. Or trap them in so they can't so they can't redeploy or trap them so they can't retreat because I've got I'm on both sides of them now, that kind of thing. And that was what I was going to ask you about. For anyone who hasn't played with three-inch coherency, right? Because it's a very new rule. For a lot of people, like mm-hmm. I've been playing around with it with things like dragons, right? And I'm wishing that my little man crush and gargants would have three-inch coherency. Mm-hmm. But why does that become powerful for someone who maybe thinks about, well, why would I reinforce that? Like, yeah, you get the champion. They get some cool things with the Alopex. But what does three-inch coherency mean to you? Um, it just gives you that flexibility. I don't think I lean into it too hard on that unit. Um, but just one, it's playing the game. I think that that's two and three inch coherency is going to be so much better for all these, you know, Husko blight Lords and all this stuff that have these giant wings. But, uh, then I just think it, it opens up the book a little bit so that you can, you can play around the bubbles. I like to see sometimes the, you know, the, the three inch bubble that you every model has that you can't finish a move next to unless you charge them. I think it really helps to screen out whenever you have, you know, a 12, you know, two, even two sharks that are, you know, 12 inches. And now you're at three inches on either side. Now you're about 18 inches of, you can't land here. You have to, you have to fight this instead of fighting my thralls that are behind it or something like that. It's worth, yeah, it's worth looking into whether it's from board presence perspective or even just being able to like charge into sharks and, you know, unit sizes are a lot smaller now. You're not seeing, you know, 40, 60 blocks of units these days. It's very much around five to 15 usually at most. And mm-hmm. if you can pin your two sharks in, you know, on either side of a unit on like a flank and when you start going to the war of attrition and trying to keep coherency as an opponent and, you know, like it, it becomes very difficult for, for, you know, and even like mm-hmm. if I want to retreat out of combat, retreating away from two sharks can be part. Um, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of benefit in three inch. The meta more and more people are getting this, this four up, uh, um, drawn a blank rally. rally rally and so they just want to retreat out and then use their four up rally so sometimes if you can just lock them where hey you don't have a space to get your five inch move to get out of this combat to do that uh it can really mess with some people like uh so i think that was is one area that i've been toying with doing a little bit any play on bromdar bromdar there um not really. I mean, the Soul Scryer, I feel like he's already, I mean, if you want to do a null, null deploy, great. You can do that. You know, you can have three Soul Scryers and you can have uh, 12 units with nothing on the board. But the problem is the board being small, a lot of stuff will just take up the whole board and you can't land or they'll get ahead of you on objectives early. I mean, it would be one to try to deal with the shooting, but we already have a different way to deal with the shooting. So I feel like that one's kind of a waste. And then uh, Morphan, um, Eggs keeps trying to talk me into it because I I can see the the benefit of getting to get three plus D3 for those uh, renderers. Um, It's just having to keep, keep the bubble. And then sometimes those units at a five up save, they can just wipe or sometimes you don't have any models left to, to, to do the uh, bring back slain. You know, it has to have some of the models there. You're not like a death unit that can do that. So I, I'll, I'll toy around with that one, but I'm not, uh, I've, I've seen some people playing with that, but I haven't really 
uh, leaned into it yet. Yeah, I feel like if you're playing with Nomadis, you're leaning more into the offense rather than the defense. And I, I love the idea of Morphan, but do I want to be building around the defense of bringing back slain models compared to having more offense, whether it is, you know, Iron Rack, Dom Hain, you know, or like all of the different, I'm like, uh, I probably want to play more offense, especially again, as I'm focusing towards the wave of strike first and mm -hmm. uh, being able to deny my opponent shooting my models within ranges and things. So for me, yeah, I, like, but there's probably some benefit, especially again, thinking about what's coming up, battle line, maybe there's going to be some boosts. It's going to be focused on objectives that have more battle line models. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We don't know what we're going into, and, but and if I'm playing Morphan, I'm doing it with two soul renderers. Uh, you can't you can't double heal the same unit, but you can three plus D three two different units of thralls and reavers that are in their bubbles. So you can bring back up to you know uh, twelve models if you roll high, and that's that's one hundred and seventy points, you know, or one hundred, you know, almost two hundred points worth if if it works out that way. So. And yeah, and, it's, and, and as Jason's mentioning, you know, we could go into the attrition wars. It's interesting because um, I've been playing Gloomspike Gits recently, and I've been running a whole block, block of 40 and 60 grots, and the war of attrition and pulling through that many grots, for example, and then if I use Life Swarm, if I use um, a Rally, if I'm bringing up models back, it becomes really hard to, to win an objective off that many bodies. And I guess if you re reverse that and go, what, you're reavers come in no your, your nomadi come in a unit of 10 yeah so if you double reinforce and that's a unit of 30 you're bringing back you know three plus the slain models um then you have uh rally could be tough to pull down those those mm -hmm. um those nomadi but you're obviously um you're obviously very focused on them as opposed to like and that's points away from your other turtles sharks right, eels. right. cool Anything else on sub factions? I think I think it's quite clear. But I, again, we are on the cusp of a new a new general's handbook. So who knows what battle line focus will be, and yeah. maybe the shark stuff will become more popular. And you know, Futhan, if you want to run sharks, um, could be still you know could be viable. But maybe it's not the blood the bloodthirsty shiver that. Yeah, I yeah, uh, I played uh, early on. I tried a what two king, and it was like nine shark list. You know. It was strong. It was still, it's still, you know, everything's moving 14 inches, a lot of shooting, um, but you give away the battle line, you know, tactic, but you, most games you get, you lose that anyway. So, and I think, you know, I think Jerome made a really good comment here around, you know, the Namadi and your thralls is I wonder how good the, go the, the Namadi goon squad's going to be in the battle line meta, because one thing that did change as well with your Marty thralls is that you used to get, was it plus one, is it damage? Or there was like plus one something if it had one wound. And then yeah. uh, it used to be four. It, yeah. That bracket so, got reduced so to So on three. thralls, you get plus one attack if it's against single wounders. And you get plus one damage if it's against three or more. It used to be four or more wound. So mm. they, got, they got another go up as, as well with their two-inch range and that being three but he's, i still feel like every time i'm playing them i'm running into stormcast two wound stuff or or plague bears or uh, there's still a lot out there that's two wounds but having two different ways to get more attacks or better attacks is i'll take it but we've had night haunt night haunts mm -hmm. coming back we've got skaven coming back 
we've got Sylvaneth and maybe we'll see more Dryads and more, more single wound models there. Mm -hmm. uh, or they've got Kurnoth Hunters if they go down that route. You have Gits maybe getting a new book. So who knows? Maybe the, mm -hmm. the wave of one wound uh, models are coming back. So again, keep an eye out on that one. Anything else you want to add to that? Or do you want to, the, you want to get the only the other list? thing I was thinking is that the it feels like I'm more dependent on priority roles than I was before. With having less units on the table with the points increase, that if I can I had like a lot of games where if you double turn me, you win. Uh, or you know if i double turn them i win and if they pr get priority or double turn me i'm in bad shape so i feel like it's got a little bit uh more this the new deepkin is more conscious of that because you're not quite without the plus three charge you're not quite as fast and without having as many eels and that kind of stuff as well so with the thralls if they get hit first a lot of times they just blow up uh, but if they can punch first they can do a lot of work but that's always been the case, right? Thralls mm -hmm. are, are glass cannons. They hit, they hit mm -hmm. really hard. They don't have a very good armor save. They die pretty quickly. And I know when I've got up against Thralls in the past, it's just about whittling them down as quick as possible before they get into combat and reduce the threat. Mm -hmm. That you're probably right. There's probably one thing has been the points increase means that there are less points. I don't have the, the, two, so, the two more units of backup somewhere else that can help, help hold objectives or fight which then probably leads in nicely to how you're thinking about your list so the first mm -hmm. the first list that you've given me is a Dolmahane list i know you've been mm -hmm. playing around a lot with Dolmahane. um you got your archelian king and you've given it literally everything in the everything book. in the, God, everything, the, in the everything that could be possible it's, <laughs> yeah. the, it's the general with unstoppable fury probably my favorite command trait in the entire book mm -hmm. uh you got the arcane tome i assume it's got flaming weapon you've got the void shield darkness which is a mount trait and you'll explain all this stuff and what it mm -hmm. does You've got the Ishlan Tidecaster with the countercurrent spell. You've also got the Eidolon of the Sea, which is our wizardy type Eidolon with the Steed of Tides. Love the it's coming back. I love yeah. the, the wizard yeah. the wizard Eidolon. As as Eggs is saying, the um the Alpha Chat of the Sea. It's I think so you're gonna good. see like, him. I think you're gonna see him as allies. I don't think people have discovered it yet, but he's a good ally. He he works. He works that D three to save works even if he's an ally. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had thought about it in my uh, in my daughter's army, and you mm -hmm. know, painting the cloak as blood. But mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you'll explain a little bit more about why you've gone that route. You've gone twenty thrall, twenty thrall, ten mm -hmm. thrall, ten. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, ten reavers, ten reavers. Yep. Um, two alapexes and emerald life swarm and burning head. So it's a hundred wounds, one drop. Um, uh, ambitious with your triumph, you're at 1995. Right. Yeah, <laughs> gotta put one down anyway. Who knows? You know, sometimes they're at 2k. Um, so this was these two lists are both one that I took to Vault Wars this last weekend. Um, I was able to go 4 1 with it, uh, but it was it was a, a, a fight, definitely. Um, so the what does Vault this do? Wars, what is this? Yeah, what the are you doing here? And well, the Vault Wars format gives you 400 points of flex, so that's why you kind of see they'll be pretty similar lists with the 400 point difference. But what am I doing here? So, really, I've played Deepkin for a long time, and I've never had like a magic focused Deepkin, and that's what this one is. Even though I'm not plus, the downside is I'm not plus to cast, but my Eidolons re rolling casts. I've got the Tidecaster casting, the King is casting, 
I got Life Swarm and Burning Head, so if I need to do some damage or heal myself, I've got lots of options there with my heroes. And then I got these two blocks of thralls that are my main uh, hammers as well as the king. Um, they, with the Domhain ability, if I go to the top of the turn and I kill what I'm in combat with with the thrall, it gets to charge and it gets to fight again. Now it fights in normal order, so it doesn't get to strike immediately. But a lot of times, once you get through their front line, now you're fighting their heroes, their wizards, their their archers or something that's not going to be able to put up much of a fight. So that was kind of the thought behind this list. I liked having the Reavers. I think that they do a good to uh, do some damage and screen, and they can hold a back objective and still interact with the game because they've got that 18-inch with the 8-inch move. Uh, they can still uh, threaten the enemy. Um, and then the two Alaplexes, uh, the two Sharks, uh, that just gave me another little uh, hammer with some shooting shooting to it it's not quite as strong as the other two but it does give that and it's, it can got enough movement to keep up with the king um the uh <laughs> uh so it, it's been pretty cool uh so that's kind of the thought on this list um the king with every buff so bladed polearm gives him on the charge he gets better damage and better uh Rend, so it'll be three rend, three damage. If he turns on flaming weapon, it's four damage each. The void chill darkness gives them minus one to their hits to all units, even if they're not fighting him. But if any of the un any part of the units within three, and then the unstoppable fury gives plus two attacks whenever it's high tide, and the king can turn on high tide once a game after his charge phase. So a lot of times, what I'll do with it is usually turn one is a setup. Uh, like if I can give the other person turn, I will. And then turn two, I try to set up some screens with either the sharks or reavers. So hey, if you're gonna try, if you're gonna get priority and come at me, I'm gonna you're gonna get to unleash hell. And then turn two, if I get priority, then I'm running and charging with the thralls, the king, the sharks, and I'm trying to really take out a big chunk of their army. And then he's got your strike first, turn three. So at that point. That that one thing that happened in a couple of games is like people were so worried about turn three that turn two they kind of didn't do much and then they let me outscore them, or they didn't you know they tried to keep their spacing which I I respect but uh, if you're not getting your full points then you're you're in trouble for winning the game. Um, yeah, turn turn one against IDK. It's a lesson you quickly learn because if you worry about turn three and turn two, you're already probably going to fail because mm -hmm. they're setting up. And you know, once you're in turn three, you're ruined. But you know, going back to the Lord of Tides ability, you mentioned you know once per battle uh, at the end of your charge phase, you can pick up to D three uh, friendly IDK units within twelve, and they essentially get high tides. So they get to fight first. So right. you are going to fight first in turn two if you're going to be charging. Right. You then go into turn three, and regardless of who wins priority, you're right. going to be first striking second. first. Right. Obviously, you want to win it to do more damage and do more mm -hmm. hero things, but. Ultimately. Sometimes it's not bad to lose it if they're just retreating out and then I just get to charge into them anyway. So, you know, that turn yeah, three. Yeah, like that, that that ability is so good. And when, when you ask somebody or when you look at like, why would I go the Archelian King instead of Volturnus, you look at the customization that Paul has made to this list and it's quickly clear why the Archelian King, a vanilla Archelian King, just has so much value right. compared to this unique Volturnus 
that right. is just what's on the wall scroll. Right, and he's 40 points more as well for the Vortunus. And so... Oh, he's, he's got an eye patch. Yeah, I've got... I think my best I've got is plus 10 to his attacks characteristics. So five units within three of him. And then he gets 13 attacks with that pull arm. That's neg three rend, four damage each if I got flaming weapon. So it can get... It, you can... I mean, I killed Nagash with him. Um in one one combat whenever he got fully buffed and so that was pretty pretty fun <laughs> two oh, i've got a couple of a couple of follow-up yeah. questions one if i'm new to the eidolon because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't use the eidolon i remember mm -hmm. seeing more of this yeah i played a lot of storm in in the last year and now i've switched to the sea more how do i um, play with it how does it work? Like, am I am I putting it at the back of the field, like a like a support piece Hurricanum type unit? Is mm -hmm. it offensive? Is it on the flank? Like, how do you generally recommend I use the Eidolon of the Sea? So, I think the best lore to take with them is the Steed of Tides. So that's the teleport spell. He gets to teleport himself, or he can teleport the King or the Tidecaster, one of the one of the foot troops, right, nine inches away. So the best thing on his new war scroll is he can do a 12 inch spell and make d3 units minus one to their save characteristic and the faq said that they could be the same unit picked d3 times so that thread of turning like neg two or basically adding neg two or neg three or neg one rend to your whole army when they fight that you know that dangerous piece i like to play him kind of up towards the front to where he can unbind. Now he's a double caster, double unbinder, and he gets to reroll all casts, dispels, and unbinds. So even though he's not plus one, that reroll is, I see that reroll as being like a plus one or plus two, similar to if he was just a single without the reroller. Because uh, it, it, you get a lot more nines, you get a lot more, I've, I've noticed that he's unbound quite a bit of stuff. Now when I'm playing against Croak and Nagash and um, Teclas, I'm still overmatched. I'm still not able to outmagic them. And that's one of the things I've ran into uh, all, all three of those with this, this build. And I just didn't get off my spells when I need them. Um, even uh, Nefrata, I think, plus the Bone Reaper's ability to turn mine minus one to my casting and unbinding was kind of shut me down too. But he's just... And then the other good thing about the Cydalon is he is so resilient you know 12 wounds on a three up with a five up ward is good but what makes him so resilient is once he casts if he successfully casts any spells he heals d3 yes. that turn and he's got a spell cast that can heal d3 for him for anything so he can heal himself another d3 with life swarm i got two more d3s and with like heroic recovery that's another d3 so like i could potentially heal like 50 he's only got 12 wounds but i could heal 15 wounds if like if he got really down in health and i really focused all my magic into, into just healing him um so he's quite good at that and he gets off the burning head and life swarm unless somebody gets a really good caster i get it off a decent portion of the time and one arcane of the reasons... corrosion i'm oh, sorry i was just gonna mention arcane corrosion is another good spell i, I know sorry i'm just i'm just looking at the spell options and like mm -hmm. yes yeah, deed of tides is great there's so many good spells here for the for your wizards like Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually really liking. Sorry, continue about your endless spells. I'm just looking at this going. Steed of Tides, good. Countercurrent, good. Mm -hmm. Pressure of the Deep. Uh, Arcane Corrosion, yep, I love that mm -hmm. one. 
Yeah, yeah. There's lots of good spell lore, um, and I think countercurrent. I think I haven't actually cast it in any of the 15 games I've played, but it's nice to have the option. Normally, I'm doing a either Mystic Shield or Arcane Bolt with that Tidecaster, trying to Mystic Shield my King or my Thralls or my Sharks or the Eidolon or whatever I need to try to keep alive, or turning on an Arcane Bolt and charging him in to do some T3 Mortals or something. That's the other cool thing about the King is the King does, on a two up on the charge, he does D3 Mortals. So if I don't Flaming Weapon him, if I Arcane Bolt him, he can charge, do D3 mortals, and then do another D3 for the Arcane Bolt at the start of the combat phase. So you can kind of sometimes take off a, a four wound, something that's got four or five or you know four wounds left, and then go fight something else. Um, I don't necessarily recommend like everyone go out and try to make this into a good magic army because there's a third of the games that you're just gonna get shut down, and you need to have ability to do stuff without magic because i like in this tournament i played night haunt twice well my my neg d3 the save characteristic didn't work at all against that you know uh, but uh it uh i think it's i think it was an interesting thing that i wanted to give a try and i think that that eidolon is value as a to be in the list uh tidecaster is more for the rituals but him having a spell cast me getting up to four spell casts get it to where people have to start making decisions instead of them just auto unbinding trying to auto unbind everything that comes out um life swarm is really good i think life swarm plus turtle is even better because that's one of the hardest things about that turtle is once he starts once he starts losing wounds he is not a hero so he can't heroic recovery himself uh, but with the eidolon has a d3 he can either do d3 damage or d3 healing so if you have the eidolon and a turtle with that life swarm you can do 3d3 healing to that that turtle potentially uh really make them have to chew through that two up save again um would you consider giving it uh, i just want to go back to the eidolon for a second just because mm -hmm. so many people haven't used it in the past mm -hmm. i'm looking at the eidolon artifacts and there's a couple of good ones that are worth considering and whether somebody maybe here sitting they want to run warlord or maybe they're going to go with a different set of, of, of um, battalions mm -hmm. or maybe they don't want to give you know arcane tome flaming weapon for whatever reason would you consider something like the bioshock shell or the whore shell um, both being Eidolon artifacts. Kraken Tooth is an interesting one as well. A little bit of risk there if you roll the one, but as mm -hmm. you've already said, it has the ability to heal. So maybe, you know, rolling a one and suffering D3 mortal wounds isn't so bad. But would you consider that? Um, the, the Kraken Tooth, I feel like, is is real swingy. It's a once per game as well, which if, if it's not really good, a once per game, I don't like to lean into. But the... Uh, the war shell and the bioshock shell i liked the old biovitalic shell that they used to give the uh kings where you could turn it on but i looked through those and i they, none of them really caught my caught my uh fancy so i kind of kept moving so I, I i even forget what those two i'm, I'm reading the, them right the, now the bioshock shell does d uh, 3d6 uh if you're sorry you you but got to beat per, uh, the hero enemy hero's bravery characteristic on 3d6 and if you do it strikes strike last. last so so the problem is that, like the, the wizard eidolon he can do oh, a, a little bit of damage in melee but you don't really he's his, his job is not really to go in there and go kill a monster like like the other eidolon 
and then War Shell, once per battle, start of the combat phase. Unleash the power. Unmodified hits. Oh, yeah, made with made with a oh, two to hit fails. Okay, ones and twos to hit. Ones already fail, so that does nothing. It, it, I guess you can't reroll ones, but you can't reroll ones against that effect, I think. Um, but I don't know. Ones and twos fail. If something's hitting on twos, I can get rid of like 20% of their damage. Okay, but I don't think that's worth it. I think what where I like the Bioshock shell, if I could go back in time six months where we were in this very mm -hmm. hero hammer, mm -hmm. you know, Marathis, Archaeons, Nagashas, absolutely just terrorizing Kragnos, mm -hmm. terrorizing. I could see the ability, you know, once per battle, roll 3d6, get higher than 10, you are striking last. And, you know, that big mm -hmm. that big monster piece is, is kind of shut down for a little but I think to Eggs' point as well, Jason mentioning in the chat, one of the other artifacts we haven't spoken about is the Rune of Surging Gloomtide, which allows you to throw on an extra boat on yep. the table. I think that one is a really good artifact because getting a second boat on the table is going to give you another, well, one, you're clogging up the board and you can do a lot of things with that. Right. But two, the Gloomtide giving you is it a five-up ward if you're within range. Right. Is it a six up ward? It's a five up ward for like thralls and reavers for the ground troops. So the Namardi troops, uh, wholly within six. It doesn't do any uh, offensive damage, but you can uh, you can garrison it um, with a big boat with ten models or a small boat with five. So I definitely think that you'll see some. Uh, if I have a second artifact, I might go for that one as as my second a lot of times because. Being able to against Beast Claw Raiders, against a lot of the, you know, uh, Iron Jaws or whatever else, just being able to throw something that's in their way that they have to take the long way around, uh, stuff that doesn't fly, I think can be quite good. Um, I think it's kind of frustrating for the opponent sometimes, but there's lots of things in this game that are frustrating for the opponent. Uh, yeah, cool. And, and it's and, not and as obviously... it's not as bad as what I used to do where I would deploy both boats on their territory down the two lanes that they needed to travel at the start of the game. And now we're down to one boat and the first one has to be wholly within my territory. So I think they've, they've made it improved it, but I'm still, I'm still toying with that. How to, how to best use the second boat. The other consideration is that there's a new grant. There's a couple of new grand strategies to choose from. And one mm -hmm. of them is based around boats. So getting a second boat on the table will increase right. your chances of getting the grand strat. And again, because we're going into a new general's handbook, who knows if we're going to have hold the line, who knows what we're going to have coming right. up. So who knows if there will be grand strategies at all. Maybe mm -hmm. it'll only be battle tome only or white dwarf only um, supplements and grant. There are no, maybe there are no grand strategies in the next battle. Pack, I really so. hope not. I, I think that's the wrong way to go. I'd rather have standard and these be more of narrative, but that's, I don't know. I feel like All I'm saying there's such a mix of what's good and what's bad. Deepkin has good stuff. I won't, I will give you that three of ours are achievable. Most games, you know, kill two units in the strike first turn. Okay. I do that almost every game. Um, kill kill something with, you know, kill a hero or monster with thralls. Well, if I'm playing thrall heavy, you know, kill something that's full full health and 10 wounds with sharks. If I'm playing shark heavy, I can do that. And then kill something that's within, or make sure there's clear off everything that's within 12 of a boat. You know, people aren't thinking about that, definitely. And they don't, they don't, they forget about that there's, you know, 
that that's even an option. And so a lot of times you can get that one if they're they're not ready for it. All I'm trying to say, Paul, is, is it that... might come up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, like when I when I when I do these reviews, like when I when Games Work show me the books and I'm like looking at going strategies, you yeah. know, most of what the are comments, they thinking, right? Well, most most of the time people are like cool grand strategies but not as good as what's currently in the in the book hold the line beast right. master they like could have the standard that. ones be harder to get which i think they Correct. need to be. i think they definitely need to be harder to get and so that would make it even better all I'm trying to say is don't poo-poo on these grand strategies because there might be a world where we live in where the grand strategies either no longer exist in the battle pack or they are completely rubbish and you are forced to go your your right. IDK ones. Maybe, maybe there's only two or three good ones that are in the standard pack and then there's others that are really hard to get, you know. Correct. Um, Eggs mentioning in the chat as well, um, a, a second boat is really good as well for one of your, there's a couple, of, I think there's at least one of your battle tactics like deny trespassers that are mm -hmm. based around your gloom tide. So it makes it even yep. easier to score that battle tactic. Right. Um, so, Side question, Jerome asking, uh, if you have if you could guess or pick a future Deepkin model or kit, what would it be? Um, what are uh, you missing? What would you love to see in the Deepkin range? I think it'll be uh, a mega crab because everyone loves the little crab. I think if they did a turtle size a mega crab, but uh, there's lots of stuff we talked about trying to bring like a like a like a blue whale or an orca or something, or riding a, a king riding an orca, like a killer whale, or do something like uh, some endless spells, like that, like have like uh, tentacles that like grab you, like and hold, pull, you know, slow down your movement or something. Um, and then we talked about some stuff. Uh, me and Eggs have been talking about different. Yeah, he wants he wants a uh, crab armored thralls that are like uh, you know two up three up save or something like that that are like you know tougher to kill, maybe slower, but a little bit more like Phoenix Guard or something like that. And we also have the giant squid. Yeah, definitely gotta I, go for that too. Yeah, I, I want a giant squid. Like I want like a kraken. I want something yeah. like give me more. I think it's one thing that if I was a what would draw me into Deepkin is more of the sea creatures. Like I think. Mm -hmm. About the abyss and i think about you know even in our current world the real world what is just undiscovered under the sea and you see some of those pictures of, of monsters that are living under the sea right now and there's some scary looking stuff yeah um, if they brought like, in like, more of that monster yeah what's the, what's the name of that uh, fish that has like the lure on the front of it that's lights up the, like oh, yeah, the, little... teeth, the angler fish or whatever that would be cool even like gel jellyfish where like aether wings but they're jellyfish or something like that i would i would love something like that too shut up and take my money more monsters <laughs> and then and then make them zombieified and put them into uh into soul blight and have a whole army of undead sea creatures and you just hit two birds one stone um <laughs> sign me up put me put it in the comment section what you want in the book i would love more monsters more monsters um is there anything else you'd add on to this particular list i really like it it obviously has a very heavy th uh reaver thrall namadi kind of focus mm -hmm. um there's certainly things you could do here if you didn't want and obviously by the way this is not the, the one and only way to play this faction you want to run a mm -hmm. turtle you want to not run the idol on cool you do you but this has gone well for you so far yeah and so one thing that i may have kind of skipped over but the Eidolon with the Steed of Tides, you tell, you spin, you know, if he's already within 12 inches of what you're wanting to debuff, to debuff their save, you just cast his spell. But if you don't, you cast Steed of Tides, teleport nine inches away, and then you minus D3 to their save, and they're 
people will get pretty nervous whatever their you know maw crusher or their uh, you know big or their mega gargant gets <laughs> no save or something like that um one thing that's kind of i think uh surprising that is a combo that i can do with this list is that eidolon plus the burning head so he can cast the d3 mortals spell you can cast burning head and do d3 um you can get like an arcane bolt and the killing king charge in and you do two more d3 and against something that's got like a you know uh really two up save or something you can you can get it with there is some mortal wounds deacon have always been low ability to deal with the bastilladon or something is tough or at least the old one uh, anything with a really uh that's mortal wound and but we still don't have a lot of uh ward saves I mean, we have some boat saves. Our little heroes have it, but uh, it's definitely a weakness of the of the army is just not having that resiliency of the ward saves or the summoning. Which be, might be another another argument towards getting the second Gloomtide boat mm -hmm. to get that extra ward. Mm -hmm. Last question about this list that I've been burning to ask, but my burning head I've been wanting to ask is: <laughs> you've got you've got the um, the aspect of the sea, and uh -huh. one of the command traits that I really liked, if you were to make the idol on your general, mm -hmm. is the endless sea storm. Now it's an interesting one, right? Because they it's it's only for the aspect of the sea. And if it's the general and it casts a spell that's not unbound and it's with a unmodified cast of seven or more, mm -hmm. your Eidolon can cast an extra spell. Yeah. I have played I have I have played some games with, with that and Eidolon. Because he's rerolling all casts, you know, he tends to get a, get off one or two, right? I've I've had it to where he just runs out of things to cast. Like he cast his two spell, he cast his war scroll spells. He has two war scroll spells. He has one lore spell, and then he's got uh, he casts life swarm, burning head, metamorphosis. Uh, you know, eventually people run out of unbinds, and you're re-rolling. So I've definitely had him where he's he's got an arcane bolt on him, even though I don't have a way to use it. He's metamorphosized because why not? You know, <laughs> turn him into a monster. Uh, so I think there's a play with that. It's just it's just a trade-off for that. The Unstoppable Fury is hard to beat. I think it's a better uh, it's a better command trait. But I, I I'm welcome to somebody uh, playing the idol on the sea and making making him better. By the way, I, I fully support you with Unstoppable Fury. It is certainly the stronger when you've got the Archelian King. But I know when I was looking at the at the Eidolons, I'm like, oh, I, I like the um the Endless Sea Storm. Like, I don't mind Ancient Pride, although I probably wouldn't if I wasn't going to run the Archelian King. Maybe Ancient Pride. Um, if I was running the Storm version, yeah, maybe Nightmare Legacy. But of the three of the Eidolons, Endless Sea Storm was my favorite. But when you compare it to unstoppable fury unstoppable fury wins hands down i can't argue and he's already got a built-in master of magic basically with his reroll every cast and unbind so you don't really need to pull that one in jason uh, has actually just reminded me would you consider going warlord or some other one to get an extra spell and you obviously get that on both the uh eidolon and the tidecaster or do you think one drop is just too good for you at the moment um 
I think with this, especially with this tournament, I wanted to have a one drop list and the other one ended up being two drops because I wanted to be able to deal with that if I really needed to go first. Um, but I think, I think it's possible. I would probably lean more into getting the second artifact so that I can throw the boat out there before the extra lore. Because he's already got two good war scroll spells and then one lore spell. So, and that's, you know, maybe if you were doing the, I forget the thing that lets them do extra casts, we could go for the double extra lore spells and stuff. But uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe if I did that, then the king would have flaming weapon and he would have an arcane bolt on him and, <laughs> and then cast a, cast a mystic shield from one of them. And just, he's only seven, but let him just rev him up and throw him at the enemy and let him do this work. As you said, you're, you're not the best spellcasters in the world. Like, you're probably mid-table spellcasters. Like, you're never going to compete against Zench. You're never going to compete against Lumineth. But when you come against all those factions that are kind of mediocre, mm -hmm. you are certainly kind of up there now, especially with the Eidolon. But yep. let's let's talk about the second list. We'll, we'll chow. Um, yeah. So a lot not of commonality. Much, not much change there, yeah. main thing that I put in was uh, Fulminators. I feel like they're – Fulminators are probably the – best bang for your buck of any unit out there if you want to have a hammer um and so i've got four of them because my stormcast army i've got over here so i thought those would fit in good i did have a dragons version because two dragons can do work in any army too with just their their move they don't quite synergize but just having that threat range is is crazy good and then the shadow stalkers actually feel like that they did a ton of work for 120 points this tournament like i would a lot of times i would use them as a front screen so i deep strike them you know and they're, instead of moving they get to teleport right so i deep strike them up nine inches away and say here you go you can kill this 120 points you can shoot at it and then you can fight it and all my good stuff is going to hang back here and hope to get the double turn and, and come at you next or, or if I don't get the prior, or if I win the priority roll, I can teleport the Shadow Stalkers back onto the objective out of the way, and and go in. And they also give you just that. Uh, this army needs to have a lot of its. I feel like it needs to have a lot of its army doing work in melee, because you're not gonna just win five turns by just sitting on objectives. If you don't kill a decent portion of the other armies, they'll summon in. They'll revive themselves. And so uh, that's where I go. What else were you considering? Because your ally choices are Cities of Sigma, Daughters of Cain, Lumineth Realm Lords, Stormcast Eternals, Sylvaneth. That is a very deep roster. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a good in. one. Um, I'm a little nervous about uh, Lumineth getting to bring uh, uh, Deepkin and Cities and uh, Daughters of Cain now too. <laughs> there might be both snakes with. <laughs> with uh sentinels i don't i don't want to see that list <laughs> um but uh i've been uh most of the things that i were looking at uh, i looked at these these two units uh i i have a, a dragon uh two pack of dragons that i think works pretty good there um I, I like i don't own any of them but the guys with the way pipes uh the, the tree re tree revs the tree, tree revs instead of shadow stalkers they do a lot of the same function for less points uh so i i played around with them but i don't own any of them um i think that there's there's quite a few combos you can go i used to play a lot of go trek uh he's 
he's tough to fit in the new one without like when he when I used to be able to play and give him the run and charge now his threat range got ridiculous you know but I can't I can't give him that with the new book so he's not as likely to be played played with the new this new book but and who know those are those gossamide archers because mm -hmm. the the new lumineth uh, fairy looking mm -hmm. um archers could be a nice addition too to this type of list if you're looking for and i think you said mortal wounds is one of those areas you're kind of lacking mm -hmm. that could that cost could possibly be a good option if they are more if they're more sentinel and less uh bliss barb archer i think is the comparison <laughs> everyone's wondering like on the spectrum mm -hmm. are they more bliss barb are they more sentinel and if they're on that, yeah, I mean, they, they, look, they look like they can move fast and they've got some potential things. Yeah, I, I think that they're like half half of what the foxes do a little bit, which is kind of annoying. But I think that you can shoot them off. If you've got any kind of shooting, that'll be one of the first things you just shoot off to get out of your way. And because they don't have a great save, they don't have a ton of wounds. But uh, I think they've got some play. Would you bring in something like Gotrek, Mega Gargant, uh, Cronspine? Um, I've toyed with the Cronspine. I don't think Mega Gargant really works with the army. It's You're already, I know everyone feels this way, but you're already so like pushed on points that given that many, I would rather probably have a turtle because it synergizes than a Mega Gargant, even though it's not nearly as many wounds, but it's still similar difficulty to bring down for most units if they don't have a lot of mortals. But uh, Cronspine, the, the list I toyed with was using the Eidolon of the Sea, tying him to the Cronspine, and now he's mobile. Uh, he's he gets what plus one to cast if he's plus in one the bubble. To cast it, so now yeah. I'm rerolling casts and I finally get a plus one and I can turn on, you know, do all his good stuff. So that's the one that I've kind of toyed with. Uh, uh, I'm a little nervous about what Chronospine is going to do to the meta, but you know, um, uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't like the no retreat stuff. I feel like that can be a bad bad experience if you're like okay and all this stuff can't retreat i charged into you and you can't retreat away and you got to just eat this damage and so i i hope they get a good faq because there's there's i've seen a lot of like edge cases where i'm concerned the crown spine might might mess with the game a little bit but again who knows what's coming who knows mm -hmm. what's coming uh there's some good stuff i think you know the other good thing about the crown spine if you're considering it is the uh ability to give plus one if you do all that attack mm -hmm. from the bounded hero it means everyone within 12 is going to get it so if you had like those two units of buffed up um thralls mm -hmm. they could go in with a plus one attack not plus one attack well they get the, they obviously do the pluses right. from attack they, from get the, the they get a plus to hit but yeah the other thing with the thralls is if you've got the turtle he's already given away that plus plus one to hit bubble to everything oh. in his bubble for the thralls and reavers in melee or actually not yeah thousand reavers in melee so that's where I, that's why the turtle i think synergizes good with with some thralls too yeah so i guess pros and cons point. yeah there you go um, any any favorite synergies and combinations you talk about with your with your type of faction? Like if I was starting off, whether I run an, an army like yours or I bring in eels mm -hmm. and other things, is there any favorite combinations that you love? I assume it's the Archillian King. Yeah, I like to. I mean, I think that he gives so much flexibility on what you're going to go charge into, and him and another unit. And with him getting to turn on strike first for D three, he gets to turn it on 
I've got my normal strike right after that. So it might be four units that fight before the other person gets to fight. If, you know, if it's my turn, which is when he can turn it on. I think there's good combos. I think the the turtle and the sharks work good together because that plus one to save turns them from a four up to a three up. Um, he's a lot. Of, he's a good investment of points, but he works good together. Um, Reavers. Uh, I, I mean, there's lots of. I mean, I we haven't even talked about the Thrallmaster because I haven't really put him in with very many lists. But the Thrallmaster and uh, Lotan. Um, those both do good to buff up those thralls if you're gonna play a thrall heavy list in just different ways because i played i played one tournament with both of them and so i could turn on exploding sixes and plus one to hit and plus one to wound and really really just chew through stuff um, and still have the normal extra damage and extra attacks that that the thrall is his book so i think that's one i maybe i didn't talk about but i think there's some play it's it's not as vital i don't think but it's it's definitely playable there and uh, uh i used to be a huge fan of a turtle with a bunch of ishley and guard i feel like i played that before other people were playing it because i felt like they gave such a good value and then when their points went up to 195 uh they're not quite as good and there's a lot more mortal wounds out there to to deal with them so they can't they can't get a two up save anymore they can only go up to a three up which is probably better for the game but uh it definitely nerfs them so yeah i was just re i was just revisiting the thrall master because i remember it being quite strong like i remember when i was doing the theory of the deep review and i'm looking mm -hmm. at the thrall master versus uh, idiot fire slayer with you know basically rewarding people dying mm -hmm. i remember the thrall master being hot and if i look at different right. fighting stances of re-rolling ones to hit uh with an amati unit or uh exploding sixes getting the um two hits instead of one mm -hmm. um those those and even like you know the other one which was the subtract one to wound roll uh, right aura. just having the flexibility to be roll. offensive or defensive and turn it on anytime you need every combat phase that's what i think is his utility is and even lotan getting the plus one to wound rolls for melee weapons uh wholly within 12 mm -hmm. that's a great ability too because there's not a lot of ways to buff up wounds right um and there's also not a lot of ways to debuff wounds so getting a plus one to your wound rolls mm -hmm. um from lotan is hot right because most of the book is threes to wound anyway so getting getting to twos is, is super good <laughs> yeah um sean sean just asking i know we touched on it a little bit earlier but you know Sh sean's a friend of the channel yeah. uh, thoughts on two turtles in the new book yeah i've been toying with i haven't seen anybody else playing them but i've been toying with them it's a lot of points for 32 wounds but uh they can do some damage and so i think i'm gonna try it out uh see how it goes uh but i want to try it out a small thing and rather than a gt that <laughs> sit there with be good the, for get immortaled off but could be good for a one day or especially like if you put it under the naughty naughty not a lot yeah i hate games workshop sometimes <laughs> they put plain english for me but like having those two as battle line and then you got a thousand points to spend on heroes and support mm -hmm. troops and things i think by the way i just want to call out the shadow stalkers are a great um ally option for you especially with some of those battle tactics like being in your opponent's territory um obviously you can teleport there and jump onto mm -hmm. objectives which is great 
but also the ability to have a mobile screen that just keeps teleporting in front of your troops so mm -hmm. long as they're outside of nine inches from the enemy mm -hmm. that just is so powerful and right. you know if you need to screen somewhere else you can literally teleport to the other side of the board i'd right. always be tempted to run two of them um yeah. although i've yeah, used them, i've used them mostly as uh like you said there where if i can it, it's a defense against the double the the priority role if i fail the priority role great come kill this stuff and if i get it i can move them out of the way but uh you can use the same thing with you can use aether wings or sharks but they're just different points that you're investing and into that kind of uh movement but if you've got if you're playing a really mounted list you don't need it as much uh, my some of my next ones i'm going to rerun and is more sharks and turtles and if i've got 14 inch with run and charge i don't need I can I can stay back further than if I'm a six inch, you know, same thing. So yeah, you you might find benefit in like aether wings or no screens at all for one of those more shark, uh, turtle and shark and eel kind of lists. But when you've got these blobs of twenty thralls moving up the board or reavers, mm -hmm. you want to be protecting them. Maybe things like the shadow stalkers not getting in the way of your speed would be really helpful because you'll find most allies will probably not be fast enough, or you but won't have the movement. The Shadowstalkers can teleport at any time. So it's not till the, they don't have to wait till the end of the combat phase, like some stuff. So you can teleport them right away if you need to get them out of the way. And that's a, the way I play is pretty aggressive. You'll see that that's what most of my games I lose is because I'm too aggressive. But the uh, having something like that that can hold a back objective and then jump on just wherever is empty is, is quite good. Because I'm wanting um, to move most of my army forward. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we just talked about this. You might want to re go, go back onto YouTube and go look at the um, what we literally just talked about. Incarnate, good option. Turtle, probably better option with the synergies. It'll bring some things to the party, but um, pros and cons. Pros mm -hmm. and cons. Got some good good attacks. It got some good options. By the way, with the you know, the incarnate. One thing I was really worried about initially was having the bounded hero die quickly and it going Hulkamania and going wild. When it goes wild, as long as you keep it away from no, your own, I, I feel like they messed that up the way that they wrote it. Where it doesn't even there's it's barely ever going to fight your own units. What I mean, I've seen Correct. lists where people are trying to kill their own hero so that it goes wild and gets in the other face auto That's plus one, one to hit like. right it can run and charge i actually like i had hulkamania like uh incarnate and it ate a lot of change and um kairos fate weaver so bin, yeah. two bin chickens i don't, I don't, think, I don't think people would play it as much but what i would have rather it been is like whoever goes second in priority they get to control the incarnate if it's wild that would definitely make people, or you know, I mean, that would make people I wouldn't think be paying, twice about I wouldn't pay about about putting like a skink priest or whatever, or whatever, you know, some little hero being the incarnate's controller. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not paying 400 points for you to control something to eat myself. But um, <laughs> do you have any do you have any favorite battle tactics to play with? Obviously, you got the general ones, you know, like they're, they're all well known. Um, is there any particular ones that you like from this book? yeah there's uh a few that i like um i don't know the names very well so you might have to put the page up but the, there's one there's one where uh there's one where we kill two units in the strike first phase almost uh, assassins of the like, high tide yeah you complete this battle tactic the, of, go ahead i was just going to read it out uh, you complete this uh, battle tactic of two or more enemy units are destroyed during this turn with attacks made by friendly deep kin units affected by high tide so almost every 
every turn three or high tide, I kill two units. So that one is, I think, uh, really easy to achieve most of the time. Um, and you don't have to pick which two units either. So like, even if you fail to kill one, you've got normally, I've normally got like five or six units that are fighting something that turn if I if, if I haven't messed up. <laughs> and then uh, there's there's uh, one where the thralls need to kill something. Let me... uh, you don't revenge of the Namadi. You complete yeah. the battle tactic if the enemy hero or monster is destroyed by attacks by friendly Namadi. That would be mm -hmm. another one good for your type of list. Right. Yeah. You just have to kill something with Namardi. If you've got a lot of Namardi, that's that's a pretty easy to achieve. Um, the one with the sharks is, I think, a little more risky unless you have a lot of sharks. You have to kill something that's full health. I think it's got to be 10 wounds or more and hasn't taken any damage. So that one, I think, is pretty uh, eight risky. Wounds. Eight, eight wounds. Eight wounds. The predators of the deep. Sean asking a good question as well. Does the battle tactic also count if the king triggers the high tide? So you... you... I don't think so, but I need to read it again because the battle he's treated as in high tide, but he doesn't necessarily turn it on for the whole army. But it has to be unit. It has to be deep king units affected by high tide. So you'd have to be at the, the so it have to be the king, to... the king, and the you know sharks that he turned on, uh, or what? He only rolls d three, so it might just be him if you roll a one um so and you need he, two you, you need, you need two, two units, units which murder king can kill two units but when you start splitting attacks you know how sometimes i don't know i had i had a i had a what was it i think i was 11 11 attacks with that pole arm and i rolled like seven ones you know on my twos and twos <laughs> you never I know did that with my i did that with my gatebreaker the other week where i had 10 attacks and i rolled about seven ones and a, and a couple of twos and i fluffed with them all it was the yeah. worst so so there might be that way to do that the uh other one is the get off me boat as i like to call it uh basically uh there has to be an enemy within 12 of a boat and at the end of the turn no enemies within 12 of the boats so that's the, the downside to that one is if you have two boats now you have to clean off both boats of enemies which normally isn't too hard to do but uh you know and then there's a, even a grand strategy that has to do with the boats which really wants you to put your boat in the corner and never and stay away from it Basically, at the end of the game, if they're not near your boat, then you, you, you within three of your boat, you win. But it's, I, I mean, the grand strategies are just better. The, the normal ones are better right now. But. Which, is, which is what I was saying before. It's like we could be in a world. And the new general's handbook is only six months now. So um, it's not one for the year. That looks like it's going to be a part one and a part two. Yeah, we might so, get one in July or something, something that about there. Maybe. Yeah, we could get June, July, and then another one in December. So who knows what's coming up, you know, when you're watching this video. Oh, two, two final questions for you, and then we'll kind of wrap things up. Um, do you have any deployment tips for me? If I'm a Dipkin player, especially a thrall heavy type, is there any mm -hmm. ways again, you know, match up dependent and battle mm -hmm. plan dependent, but general battle uh, deployment tips for me? So there's a few things. One, um, if your boat can be up front and center or ahead of your army, I like to to deep strike a unit of reavers and or the tidecaster or something in that boat. Now, if they have to shoot at me, they're shooting at whatever's in that boat. I'm getting minus one to hit, plus one to save. Maybe even look out, sir, as well. Um, 
So normally I'm playing, I like to play with, I used to play always with my Ishlian as my front screen, but now I've either, I play with the Reavers that are like, hey, if you're going to charge me, you're going to get eat an Unleash Hell from Reavers that are on, you know, threes and threes. Um, um, and normally I kind of build a little bit of a castle. Um, king needs to be safe. You know, don't... <laughs> Don't let don't let them snipe off your king. They can't do it with shooting most of the time, but if you put them too close to the front line, you could you can lose a lot of value there. Um, the Eidolon, he's actually pretty tanky. He's not bad to go force him to shoot at him or attack him because he's gonna survive most combats, especially if you can find a tower and all defense him. Now he's on basically a one up, five up. Um, and he has ways to heal himself. So he's not a bad one to put up there. The real problem, if you're playing Thralls with the six-inch move, you want them to be as close as you can, but you don't necessarily want them to be what gets charged into and gets deleted. So I like to play a little screen of Reavers in front of them or Aether Wings in front of them or uh, whatever I can to and kind of keep that bubble going. If you're playing with the Turtle, he's usually your centerpiece model. You want everything in his bubble to get the plus one save that you can minus plus one to hit and you want to kind of move them up with together so those are kind of my main deployment stuff good tips very good tips and i think yeah using the board to your full advantage and just thinking about where the threats could be coming from and mm -hmm. i think for me one of the things as an opponent i'm looking for as the weak points is where is it that i can position or attack certain areas so that I can I can shoot at the things that I want to shoot at because over here, yeah, these tough units, especially when you use to run like defensive eels a lot, like I try to avoid that side. I try to look for areas that I can snipe through and then get into the juicy stuff, knowing that the first turn or two, I might be shooting things that I don't want to be shooting, but eventually I'll get to the good stuff. So mm -hmm. I guess that's where your castle mentality and really looking at the board and spatial awareness is going to help you understand where to be moving what to be positioning how to protect certain key pieces because again mm. one thing that you know i've learned very quickly about deepkin is how how many linchpins you have in the army especially like with the turn three stuff um mm. knowing that the archelian king or volturnus will allow you to use high tide before high tide um there's a couple of things that i'm looking for and i need to get to those linchpins and mortal wounds are going to help cut me through certain things mm -hmm. uh coming from reserve and and changing the landscape of how you screen is another way that that can happen that's another thing is i like to have like a a back screen if i can not letting people behind you because they can really chew you up if they can get behind you and make their charge or whatever so um and then uh george's question you can't put the king in the boat uh, you can't put anything that's on a mount in the boat, but you can put the the foot heroes there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I remember there was something about you know, the the five up ward as long as they didn't have a mount, and there was something about mounts. Mm -hmm. I remember specifically. Yeah, you can't put eels in the boat or sharks or turtles because they've got a mount. Final question, and then I'm going to go make some lunch. What mm -hmm. is the key to success? If I'm going to run Deepkin, I want to do well like you. you you've you obviously gone to Masters. You've gone four and one. You've done really well with Deepkin. What's the key to, to being a good Deepkin player? Is there any is it a strategy, whether it mm -hmm. is, you know, something in particular about, like, faction and, you know, how do I set up a turn three or, you know, tap, take advantage of those types of things? Like, what is it that's going to help me be a good player? Yeah, I feel like the couple things that are most important is understanding threat ranges. 
Um, a lot of Deepkin stuff has, if you're playing with mounted stuff, it's got a better threat range or run and charge gives you extra threat range or uh, that kind of stuff. So you need to really understand what's the threat range of how do I get into combat with something or how do I keep the other guy from, uh, you know, I normally set up to where, hey, if they're going to charge me, they're going to make a 10 inch charge. So it can happen, but it's a low, low prob lower probability. Um, and then uh, the other thing is uh, really picking your battles. Like people see Deepkin as, oh, we just push forward and kill everything. And a lot of the people that go, you know, one and four with Deepkin uh, just think, oh, well, I'm just stronger than you. And I do have a lot of strengths, but there's some frailty in there too. And you don't have as many you know models on the board so you i really have you really have to scalpel off am i going for left side of the board right side of the board or do i need to kill this hero and this battle line and that's what i'm going to focus on this unit because if you just kind of push everything forward you're gonna get hit back and you're gonna you're gonna lose too much in the trade-off and you're not gonna have the sustainability because people have summoning people have ways to heal back and recover and you're gonna be you're gonna be short at the end of the game so those are a couple things that uh i've i've got there i do want to shout out uh iron realms podcast to me and a couple guys do a weekly podcast i know it's on the aos coach you, you throw us up i appreciate that um but those are a couple things uh, that I think are key to this army. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, are, are the companions counted as mounts? Like if I'm running Lotan and Lotan's got little octopus man, does does that mean Lotan yeah. can't get the benefit? I know like this might be an FAQ thing. People can obviously look at the books when we're not live streaming. Just just an interesting question coming yeah. up from George. It says, yeah, it says this unit is accompanied by Octar, a familiar armed with tentacles and hand weapons. I, it doesn't say it's a mount anywhere, so I don't think it is. I think it's just an extra cool. attack. But people, people can put it in the comment section if it is or isn't. Obviously, uh, it'd be crazy if Lotan couldn't get the benefit by being in the boat. But look at the rules, and obviously, we we could spend five minutes looking at the interactions and the language. Mm. It's not a very interesting show, but Paul. Thank you so much for um, a, a lot of what you've, you've shared, so much great wisdom. Actually, I just want to reinforce one thing. I think too many people put too much emphasis on the turn three fight first. And I think that's, you know, to your point, the people who aren't doing very well mm -hmm. at the moment are over expecting what that's going to deliver. But right. for me as an opponent, what I try to do is try to use through attrition reduce the amount of damage i know that turn three is coming i know the fight first is coming so what can i do between now and then to reduce that damage mm. how can i you know bring down you know those those key combat elements and you know in the past it was eels it could be sharks it could now be thralls mm. what can i do so that the hit isn't as impactful right um it means I, I could save my uh, my finest hour as well right like i'm not going to burn it early i'm going to keep it for that critical time and if you put too much emphasis on it and not the pieces preparing for the, the, the fight first, you're not going to get the value out of it. And then your big trick's gone. Yeah. One thing that can really, you want, you might want to use if you're playing against Deepkin is if you've got a tar pit, turn two, get that tar pit in combat with the stuff you don't want to come at you and leave it there. You know what I mean? If you've got plague bears or, you know, Nurgle stuff or something that's hard to kill, don't don't let me 
don't let me go around your army and go kill your good stuff. You know, force me to fight somewhere where I don't want to fight. But it's easier said than done because sometimes it, I still kill whatever it is. But um, and then uh, it's just it's a it's a fun game, and so it's just been it's been good. And I also want to say, coach, appreciate if you guys haven't gone on the discord we're playing tts me and my buddies you know i'm on there playing a couple of games a week at least on the coach coach discord and it's it's been a great community especially to have over covid and i've got to make some good friends so i do appreciate you for having that for us i think what's really cool as well is um i can actually drop in at any point in time and whether it's my server or someone someone else's server if i'm seeing um you know whether it's eggs whether it's yourself whether it's anybody in the server playing a game and i'm either interested in seeing or maybe i want to pick up a trick or um and you know like sometimes people are in a very competitive match and you just sit there as a silent observer sometimes it's very casual and people just want to chat and hang out we're just having a good time and you know we have chats and we can ask like hey why did you do this and what were you trying to achieve and there's actually a little bit of coaching at the same time and i think that's mm -hmm. really where we learn through experience yes we're talking through the good stuff here but it's actually seeing it in play and what's the rationale behind the decision. Mm -hmm. So um, thanks for sharing. Um, again, you know, links down below, come join us on the discord. We are almost at 5,000 people. I don't know if you know this, that's almost 5,000, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, 5,000, the biggest AOS server on the internet, but um, come join us if you haven't already links down below, but Paul, you are an absolute legend. I'm glad we waited for the new book to drop. And yep. talk about Deepkin because there's a lot of cool stuff. And there will be a complimentary show in a couple of weeks where I'll be talking to Elon Musk, um, a.k.a. John Anderson, <laughs> about – I love that name. The fact that he's Elon Musk. I'm like, you smart bastard. Paul, thank you for your time. I'm going to go make some lunch. Thank you for everyone who listened and joined us on the on the live chat. And as always, thanks to my patrons and thanks for everyone. You know what to do. Comment, like, subscribe, share, all that mm -hmm. good stuff. Or was it 15,000 subscribers? Come, please, subscribe. Yep. Paul, you're a, they're a legend. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for joining. All right. Smell you later. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes. <laughs>